You're listening to iWolf's Season 7, Episode 6, The Puppy Prep Shopping List. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of iWolf's. I am Jamie Dunbar, and I'm joined, as usual, by my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar, and Kelly Dunbar. Today, we're going to be talking... You guys want to wave? Say hi. Sorry. I missed missed my cue. (laughs) That's all right. I I don't know that you need to wave. We were just actually thinking about whether you guys like saying hi at the beginning. I I think it's friendly to say hi to everybody. I like it. Well, today we're going to be talking about all the stuff you should buy before you bring home a new puppy. As you may remember from our last episode, my neighbors are getting a new puppy and I'm going to try to help them raise and train it. They're actually on vacation right now, and they're picking up the puppy on their way home, and I've offered to purchase and set up all their puppy gear for them. And so last week, I spoke with Kelly, and she put together a list of essential puppy gear and the types and brands she recommends. And today, we're going to go through all of it so you at home can benefit from uh, from what we've learned. So uh, Should we say that we're not sponsored by anybody? Because we're not. That is um, a good thing to say, yeah. We're not getting paid, right? Yeah, I have my own preferences that I, you know, have used over years, but um, nobody has told me to say that, and I'm certainly yeah. not getting any kickbacks. We cannot be bought. People so I was thinking we start with uh, one of the most essential items on the list, the crate. And um, I believe you suggested a, uh, a plastic crate, right? Uh, I think it was a, a very kennel brand. So uh, what do you like about I that? Just, I like travel crates. I like plastic travel crates. Um, obviously, every dog is an individual, and sometimes there's some tweaking for you know what works best for what for various dogs. But I actually like the enclosed den-like hard-covered shells, or there's you know other ones that are made of not plastic but something better, which I don't know what it is because I don't know materials. Um, but the idea that it's like a travel like airline type crate versus a wire crate mm-hmm. is what. Um, what I prefer. Wire crates are very open so the, and look at that. Right? Like, oh, look at that. Something along these lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something I don't think this was the exact one you recommended, but this is one we have in the in the office. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exact, but I like them more closed. Obviously they need ventilation because they all have air holes and stuff. But um, I find that wire crates uh, provide too much stimulation and too much you know, like visual you know, stimulation for, for the dog to feel cozy and secure. And also it can be distracting for them. Um, also, I feel like, yeah, like that. Too, totally. too much visibility. And yeah, and just not ah. as cozy. <laughs> Sorry for settling. And um, also toes can get caught in the, in those when they're getting in and out, I you know, and, and, and cause, you know, pain and duress, which obviously isn't going to help them enjoy their crate more borderline dangerous um just not my preference for a lot of reasons the benefits of a wire crate is they are collapsible and they become really skinny so as a puppy gets used to their crate and calmer sometimes i will use a wire crate for travel for an adult dog or an older puppy that you know is my nose crate savvy already um or for dogs that run super hot or for dogs that you know maybe need need to see everybody to feel comfortable at first but generally speaking hard plastic den like is my strong preference nice dad do you have any uh any crate input you'd like to share with people i do i'll do we'll do point counterpoint i mean uh, totally in agreement with 
Kelly there. Um, I love the plastic crate. It's definitely uh, safer um, uh, in terms of um, pros and cons. When you finish crate training the dog, of course, storage is harder with that. It will break down. You take it apart and put one half inside the other. So it then becomes half the size for storing in your garage. And if you ever want to bring it out, say if you go on a car trip and put the dog in, um, the great advantage of the wire crate, there's two of them. One, it folds flat, much easier to store. Um, and because it's see-through, you can put a blanket over it. And at nighttime, it really helps you to fold the blanket down in front. The one proviso for this is if it's too hot. So, you know, the air circulation in the plastic crate and um, we want to make sure the dog is in a, a cool space. And in lots of parts of the country, that means it's in an air conditioned room or with at least a fan blowing on it. Obviously the wire crate has better uh, circulation. Um, the most important thing though, is it's a crate. And this will be one of the most important tools you've ever bought that teaches your dog so much um, to become a much better companion and to be a happier dog. Because if you're regularly crate training from the outset with a new puppy or an adult dog that you've adopted and you get it into the crate routine in the first week, um, it's much less likely to develop separation anxiety. It's much easier to live with because you just say, go to your bed. And you know we have a whole bunch of crates and the doors are open. And we'll often find that, you know, dogs have free run of the house at times, and often they go and lie down in their crate with the door open. I mean, they like having their own quiet place where the other dogs can't steal the treats. Did you want to say which, something? Which is, um, you know, counter, countering your counterpoint of having to put the crate in the garage. Um, why, if they like it? You know, a lot of dogs do prefer that as their little bedroom. It's convenient at times. Um, or you can break it down into a half shell and have a nice little dog bed, kind of nest-like dog bed. But um, the ventilation thing can be an issue. Um, I would add, and I think this will segue into one of Jamie's other list items, if I am correct, um, that we don't want to overuse the crate anyway. We would like to have the dogs out and about and have a little more freedom and airflow in, in general. And you know, so I've become a really really fond of using the X-Pen, the exercise pen, if you will, um, over the crate for much of the daytime management of, of puppies. All right, and on that note, why don't, we, why don't we talk about <laughs> X-Pens? Um, another, I think, pretty critical item. Obviously, I don't have one I can easily pull out here, so I'm gonna share my screen and show uh, kind of the style you were recommending for an X-Pen. Let's see. You guys see that? Uh, yeah. Let's see if I can make it bigger. Oh, there we go. Right. So that's perfect. Perfect. It's like a, it's like an eight-sided wire uh, exercise pen, and I think you you recommended a door, right? You really like having a door. Uh, yes. Well, I like them to be tall, and if they're tall, then a door is very useful. Um, well, a lot of people when they get small dogs, I mean, they're little tiny dogs. They don't have to be that tall, and you can just bend over and I like them I like them tall because I don't like the puppies um thinking getting the idea of climbing 
are reaching at the top and either trying to climb and get over or you're getting the idea of jumping up or knocking it over. So the taller they are, the less likely any puppy will get out. And then you have, unless people will be reaching over the fence, which, um, you know, encourages kind of jumping and, and climbing. So like and when Kelly and I were talking last, last week, I liked what you were saying about how, right. If you never go over the, the, uh, the wall, then maybe your, your puppy doesn't even have to know that there is an over the wall that exists. You know, yeah. you feed them treats yeah. through the wall and they think through the wall, you know, you open the door, they go through the door. Well, they don't have that. to know there's an over. Yeah, you learn that after you have a couple monkeys in your life, puppy monkeys. I think the, the important thing here is um, to, to stop owners making their really cut. Where have you gone, Jamie? I still. Oh, yeah, I'll come back. Are you, are you yeah, in the crate? People have seen, people have seen to, this I can crate. See you. I can Although, still actually, see you. before I send this picture away, I just want to point out this, this a lot of the crates have these eight sides. And in all the photos, they're set up like an octagon. But I think we like to encourage people to set them up with uh, right. two, three panels, and then one panel. So you have a nice long, um, a nice long rectangle area. All right, I'll stop sharing. Let's see. Right. So I think the most important yeah. thing is, you know, it's crate or X-Pen. Um, one very important use of the crate during the daytime um, is to get your puppy ready for nighttime. Don't wait until it's 10 p.m. and you're tired to put your puppy in the crate. So it's really good the first three days he's at home. I, I like a lot of crate time then. So when it comes to the night, the puppy is used to it and, and he feels secure. Um, mm -hmm. Do not let your puppy out without supervision and guidance. This is the biggest mistake that people make. So when you're at home, it's crate or X-Pen, unless we're coming out for a pee break, a poop break, and then we play train for 10 minutes, then back in either the crate or the X-Pen. A biggie with the X-Pen is, um, I, I personally think the, the shapes of most X-Pens is just totally wrong and people haven't considered dog behavior. Same goes for cats, okay? Mm -hmm. So X-Pens should be long and thin. Why? If you have a bed at one end and a toilet at the other, the dog will naturally learn to eliminate only in its toilet because they, they want to do it as far as possible away from where they sleep. So if it's an octagon, that kind of hopeless. So I advise people erect it so it's a rectangle, long and thin, and if you do this in a corner of the room, you can secure the top of three corners of the crate to the wall, one in the corner and the other two corners to the wall. So it's gonna be very stable should the puppy jump on it and, and put his paws on it. And of course, the other two things in the crate, the bed at one end, toilet at the other end, is a water supply, preferably a no spill water supply, but they need water all of the time. All yeah. of the time, I know. You know Don't worry, Dad. We will get to all of those items. And then they need um, lots of stuffed chew toys. So it's four things in the crate. But I think in most of our literature, we said, you know, when you're at home, have the puppy in the crate. When you're not at home, um, the X pen, because they will need to eliminate, and th and that's why the difference. But it's much better, I think, for the puppy to learn about life when in the X-Pen. 
he can get up, he can walk around, he pees a long way from his bed, and we can tie the toys so they don't leave his bedroom or, or playroom part of the X-Pen. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to cover and, all. And of course, the other critical thing about placement, and this depends on what your house is like. Do you have an outside um, yard or not? You know, or are you in an apartment? It's very good to have the toilet end of the rectangle nearest to the door, where eventually you will take them out to pee, whether that leads to your yard or whether it leads to the hallway and you're going down the elevator. So if you do ever have an accident later in life, it's highly likely to be close to that door. All right, those some good tips. Absolutely. Yeah. So an, <laughs> another item on the list, and this was, uh, I think, interesting for me was um, was a bed. And again, I don't have one right here. It's it's in the mail on the way here. But Kelly suggested a bed along these lines like a ma uh, mat style bed cot style bed cot, right a cot style bed and so what what do you like about this sort of bed kelly um it's raised so it has a very clearly defined boundary which is very helpful for keeping your puppy on the bed as in later in life as they become an, a, an older puppy or young adolescent you want to teach them that their bed can be used as a placement um to settle almost like an invisible crate so uh, the, the clearer the edges are, the better for that. Um, it also provides, I find in, an, in a pen, a very, um, again, definable uh, boundary for the bed versus the potty. If you do have a, uh, if your long-term confinement area has a toilet in it, not always, you won't always need a toilet in your long-term confinement. Um, but, but if you do have one, there, you know, there's the potty area. Then there's a raised bed where the puppy chews and plays and they will naturally gravitate towards that, which helps again with the settling later. They're also super comfortable. They're easy to clean. Um, your puppy is way less likely to pee on that or chew on that than they are a big, soft, cushy donut bed, which everybody wants to buy their babies, these adorable beds. There's so many comfy dog beds out there that even I want to you know, cuddle up in. Um, some of them look really, really plush, right? Yeah. Why don't they make an enormous one for humans? Like, why is that not a product? They do, Jamie. Well, they used to make them in the 60s. Everyone would have a big donut. Oh, that's true. Donut like a big booth and or, stuff, or right? A bag or something like that. Yeah. Because uh -huh. it's so great. And then some of them even have like a hoodie cover kind of thing yeah. to them, almost like a tent. You got the egg like bed, for cats and dogs. Yeah. It's so cool. So, you know. But your puppy doesn't need one right most puppies again you know there's no 100 percent in any of what we're saying these are general rules of thumb uh certain puppies might get super cold or be super clean and then that's fine um not everybody not every puppy and breed type wants to cuddle up and, and be you know all smooshed in some of them like to spread out and you know and and you know be cooler and upside down and air out their bits. I think um, something you said but, that I liked a lot was that you can kind of think of it that your puppy earns their squishy bed by showing yeah. you that they, you know, they're not going to chew it and they're not going to pee on it because well, they chew their chew toys in there. Exactly. You need to teach them what to chew and what not to chew. And too often these fancy puppy beds people get end up getting peed on and chewed up early on. And, um, and a little puppy peeing on a soft bed, you can kind of get away with that for days, if not 
longer without you noticing until it's already like, Ugh. you know, if it's a little puppy and their little pee is like hope spot is that much and it, you know, it adds up over time. So, you know, it's, if, if it's too soft and absorbent, and especially if it's kind of like a flat, you know, soft absorbent mat pad, it doesn't look that different from a toilet to them. And it definitely can become a chew toy. So, and then if they ingest like the fuzz or the internal, you know, you know whatever they use these like synthetic fibers and fibers in a lot of them, it's not good. So I like to start them off. This is your bed. You can put a little fleece on it, you know, maybe, maybe, if, um, you know, during supervised times, but I find uh, it's, it's comfortable enough for most puppies. Give them a little stuffy toy to, to next to um, put a stuffy toy in their crate. And uh, that's how I start most, most puppies. I think the most important thing about these beds, um, as a human being, when I look at them, I think that is like a prison bed that has to be so uncomfortable. But the best thing that they have going with these beds, the dogs love them. I, I just, it blows my mind every time I see a dog get on one, they love them. You're talking then, about the cot style bed, right? Cot style bed, yeah. yeah. As a very young puppy, um, I would not even think of having a bed in the crate until you know okay. your dog got used to chewing on Kongs. You do not want the puppy to chew the bed once. You don't want him to pee on it once because that's the precedent, yeah, in the crate. Yeah. So for yeah. three days, you know, I would say, don't even think of having a bed in the crate. And then when the times when the pup is in his X-Pen with one of these cot beds at one end, he's going to think, this is luxury, man. This is cool for two reasons. One, because they love them anyway. But two, because we don't actually have a bed in the crate. Now, because once your puppy, you know, it's pretty much been problem free for several months. So now we're thinking he's about six to eight months old. Um, you can buy him any kind of bed you like, you know, it's, it's up to you. Um, I, I personally like beds that look nice in the house, that they match the furniture, things like this. I think that's cool. I don't know, I have, but you know, it depends on the house style, right? You know, yeah. but that brings the point that so many of these puppy items are designed for the human eye, you know, and, and palate. And, and it's important that we know which ones are more functional than others. And, and some dogs can, you know, there are certain breeds that can do a soft flesh bed from the beginning, but um, there's a lot of problems that can come with that. I, I wouldn't start with that. Just like I don't usually buy a puppy a fancy collar at the beginning, um, if for no other reason than they're going to grow. You don't want to spend $200 on them. Don't jump Jamie's gum. <laughs> Another great thing but, about okay. the cop beds. So I, I, I couldn't look at that one um, closely enough, but they come in a very small package and you assemble them, which means of course, you can take them apart and put them in your car to travel with them. If you want your puppy to stay at grandma's house or in a hotel and you just make his bed up and put it there. And now the puppy knows exactly where he should be in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. even, even the big ones for large breed dogs that are adult sized, you know, the, I like, I personally like the, the aluminum, modern aluminum frame, can't be chewed on, even, but they're, they're sturdy, but they're light, and so they are easy to yeah. take places, yeah. I Those think are, then the cot beds are getting two thumbs up, am I correct there, Kelly? Two thumbs up, good. Two <laughs> unambiguous thumbs up. Yeah. All right, now I've got a good segue. We don't want the puppy chewing on their soft, you know, plush bed, 
we want to teach them what to chew on. And so Kelly has suggested a number of chew toy items. We've got, of course, classic Kongs, but puppy Kongs. I believe this is a medium size. And this is a, a large size, even though this looks like what you might call a small, and this looks like what you call a medium. The people at Kong say large, medium. And then also this one, it seems like both of you have been getting excited about lately. The Orby Tough Snoop. Oh yeah. Oh, the lovely Snoop, which, all right, I saw you get, you can do this, boop, make it easy to fill and then. Oh my God, Jamie, I've never done that. I have never worked that out yet. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. If, Although, I, if, I, if I have one criticism of the Orby Snoop, it's it's such an annoying thing to fill, you know, oh, well. to make the food hard to get oh. out. Yeah, that's, thank you, Jamie. Where oh you my goodness. Every day. Yeah, learn something, yep. And they come then, in sky blue as well, which I think is a much nicer color in most houses. Oh. I, I only because, buy the they also come in orange. Well. Oh, you could keep living with that because you could find it. Easier. I actually, we lost one last night. I'm out with a flashlight searching the property for the snoop that, you know, one of our dogs ran out with and dropped. So I put it on the chair and when the dogs are coming in, one of the dogs picks it up. I can't remember who, but it disappeared. Um, but we did find it. We did find it. But no, um, the snoop is an exceptional product. It, it, it really is. And what's nice about it so my view about the chew toys is Kongs to me, the classic Kong is absolutely brilliant. However, the, the, the one drawback is if your dog has it in the crate, if he's one of these dogs that tosses it in the air and it comes down, bang, it rattles the crate each time. That's where the snoop is wonderful because it's quiet, okay? The great thing now, we get back to the beds. This is another wonderful thing about the um, little beds on legs. Um, the, the chew toy doesn't roll off. So you can put a Kong on there, a Snoop, or the one extra um, toy, or, or a couple I would add to that would be, um, I like Gorilla Bones made out of wood, although it leaves a bit of a mess. But of course the mess is contained to the cot bed. It's easy to vacuum up. I very much like antlers um, and I like a Kong wobbler too. That takes a long time for a dog to open that. I think we have something uh, akin to that. Uh, Kelly recommended this tricky treat ball, which seems like not really a chew, but you roll it around, yeah? Yeah, it's a very simple toy, but for some reason they like that. I have to say, universally, the Snoop is what is the most popular. Wouldn't you agree? And like almost yeah. every, I've never had a dog not love the Snoop. Um, the Tricky Treat Ball is a really easy one for people to, to use and throw and, and roll around outside. Um, I think, I, have, I mean, there's a billion more. I you know the, the, the toy market has gone crazy and there are a whole bunch of toys. And I actually think we should do a whole episode on different types of toys and shoes and where and why to use them. But, and we will. You know, this is people started and I think we have a good, a good amount already there. Um, why the Kongs, Ian? Um, What's the thing about the Kong? I mean, it was the first, you know, stuffable chew toy out there. And to this day, it's pretty much a classic for, you know, you can feed dogs out of Kongs, you know, moisten the food, stuff it, really. freeze it. it it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, 
but I think additional toys too. The other great thing about the Kong is if it rolls away from the dog, it rolls in a circle. It doesn't go far. I don't generally like ball toys. You see, the Snoop won't roll away from you. It'll stay close and the Kong will stay close. If it's a ball shaped, it's gone, it's under the furniture. Now we got a problem. Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's good for a pen or for outside though, where they yeah. can roll and play and move around. The other thing about the Snoop, I've yet to meet a dog that's destroyed one. And mm -hmm. I'm talking no, little yeah. dogs and big old dogs that the, what it's made out of, I don't know what it is. It's a silicone type, silicone yeah, type. It just gives, it's like a type of silicone. So they bite through it. I mean, I'm no. sure I will meet the dog eventually that puts a big old paw on it and rips it. But as yet, I, I, we got the same Snoops we bought. You know, there will be a little- I, have a snoop that's like, I, I don't know, I don't know how old. I mean, like probably eight years old in my house, you know, yeah. as well. So, so much so that it looks like it's mint colored, not blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's over time. Oh, and of course so, we have, sorry, we have forgotten a regular long bone that's obviously one that's raw. You don't want the marrow to, bone. but just a regular marrow bone. And if you have a dog that's new, don't let them chew it. You don't want them eating the whole marrow or else they'll have terrible diarrhea. So, but they love them getting the marrow out. And then you take it away, give it back, take it away, give it back. When it's empty of the marrow, you just restuff it with kibble, moisten kibble, stuff it in and freeze. And um, so the good old marrow bone is a, a lovely, and that's probably the cheapest of the lot. I mean, you know, these toys be prepared for it. They, they are expensive, but one chewing accident and you could have bought a thousand combs for that. And, uh, and on that note, we were thinking uh, more than one, certainly. We, I think um, oh, yes. we got like three puppy Kongs and three regular Kongs, as well as the Snoop and this tricky treat ball. Um, well, because you're always going to have half of them in the fridge, you know, freezing if they're stuffed with uh, moistened kibble. Then and then on, along the lines of the, uh, the edible chews, Kelly suggested a couple pig ears. So I got a handful of... I could not see what that was. It looked like you yeah, had very, a right? banana for a second right. or mango. <laughs> and also a, uh, a bully ring. <laughs> Let me, what's that? Oh yeah. This is bully I like ring. bully rings. I like, I like the rings for the bully because they don't end up in these sharp, I mean, the sticks that they can swallow in uh, stick form. You know, they, they usually, you know, they they nibble them down and by the time they're the size that they might swallow, they're smaller and a little curved. I don't I worry about things that are long and, you know, hard that can be swallowed. Yeah. So I like the rings. And it's cute because a lot of dogs will put them on their wrist like because they're trying to hold them. And in fact, they're wearing a little bully bracelet while they chew. Uh -huh. Little bully bracelet? Yeah, I, I, and the other thing is um, anatomically, or I guess I should say histologically, oh um, the cartilage is a much healthier thing for a dog to consume than rawhide. Uh, I have had quite a few dogs who have taken a big and chunk of rawhide. This is cartilage? That's cartilage, yeah. And this, is, this is rawhide? No, well, that's cartilage. Cartilage. That's oh, both of these are cartilage. Is, is yeah. a bull, both, both is a bull penis good. also? Pardon? That's cartilage. That's a bull penis is cartilage? Um, um, <laughs> 
fibrous tissue. The point is, it's not rawhide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now not, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't see whether that was a a bull's penis or a trachea. I couldn't. Yes. Uh, no. This is a beef pizzle, which is penis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pizzle. right. Pizzle. Why can't they just say penis? Why do they have to? Well, they, I guess, I guess they, they're worried some, some men wouldn't buy it anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. feeding a penis. I'm not touching a penis. Anyway, back to rawhide. I, I really, I've had so many dogs which have had problems where because it's so slippery and they swallow chunks that's so big and then they mm -hmm. get blockages and mm -hmm. that's not so. I just, um, if they're chewing rawhide, I'll take it away. I'll watch them and then take it away. But uh, no. so I, I'm not in favor of that. Okay, uh, we have one more uh, toy item. Kelly suggested some nice puppy tugs. These uh, look like little flattened uh, animal carcasses. They came in a three pack and these happen to have squeakers, <laughs> which I'm assuming since this seems destructible, this is definitely a supervised uh, tug toy, right? You, you play with this with your dog, with your puppy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to leave things so they can eat um, in there. Have you that gotten these before? Have you oh, used these specific oh, ones before? Yeah. They're very popular and they don't have the stuffing so they don't have the same dissection issues. Although some dogs will still like to take out the squeaky heart. Um, yeah. It's a fun toy for, to teach them how to play chase with you and follow you and play tug a little bit and maybe a little um, fetch. And they're cute. they're cute little dead animals. It reminds me a lot of Mr. Carcass from the famous Mr. Mouse and Mr. Carcass video. Apart from squeakers, and I, I mean, I personally would outlaw squeakers. I, they're a pain and uh, so many dogs will get to the squeaker and then eat the squeaker. That I think the only times I've given dogs toys with squeakers are ridiculous squeaker toys, like the crocodile with 48 squeakers in it. We got for doom. Oh my gosh. Well, then you're just all yeah. in, aren't you? And yeah. then I watched them rip it apart and, and then it's all cleared up and thrown away. But I don't like squeakers in toys and especially an interactive toy like a tug toy. This is an interactive toy. You're going to play with your dog with it and you can either use it as a, you know, a fetch toy. You chuck it and ask the dog to bring it back. When he brings it back, the reward is we play tug. And I love these two games to play with toys because they both give you free uh, centripetal behavior, free proximity, free recalls. Mm -hmm. Of course mm -hmm. the dog wants to bring a toy back. Otherwise you can't throw it. Of course the dog wants to come to you with the toy if you're gonna play tug. So I love to keep these interactive short tug toys as very special. And they only come out when I'm there. Yes. Um, so the dog stays close. And, you know, we said, remember in our dog-dog reactivity, this is my standard way of, you know, dealing with it, that every 25 yards you stop, two steps back, come, chip, out comes the tug toy, and the dog is focused on you, and now his butt is facing the other dog. So yep. interactive toys are special. Don't just leave them for the dog to destroy and then get bored with. Right. Because they'll yeah. give so much attention and engagement. It's so hard. People do that all the time. They, I, I you know, I, in many of my private lessons and many of my students, I say, keep whatever it is. I've, I've instructed sometimes it's a ball on a string, which we do use, but not so much with baby puppies that are first come home. So I didn't recommend that for this. But, um, you know, 
keep it special so you can pull it out and use it, you know, and, and make it, you know, if it's right. out all the time, they're really bored. And the nice thing about the carcass is it is flat. So it is easy to stick in your pocket or something mm -hmm. as well. And also, also right, if you are size, yeah. anti-squeaker like Ian, I'm pretty sure we could surgically remove the, these pretty easy. However, I do feel like for some people who maybe don't have the affect and the voice skills that, you know, a professional dog trainer has, that that could be very <laughs> useful for getting a puppy's attention. Right? Yes, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't advise them to do it. I would say, come on, it's not rocket science training your dog. It is science but it's not rocket science. You know, you don't need something to make a sound for you. You know, not, you not everyone can be squeaky silly, dad. Some people have a great difficulty. I'm not asking to, James. I, I, with men, you know, I always take them aside and say, look, you don't have to squeak. I know your dog trainer, who happens to be a woman, said, can't you be a little sweeter? Can't you raise your voice? Yeah, no, I can't. Then we'll teach the dog that when I say good dog, that that's so happy. Why? We'll use it as a secondary reinforcer, which it is. Praise is a secondary reinforcer, you know, praise words rather. So we can say good dog. And that means everything to the dog rather than say, who's a good boy then, 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 then. You know, so train your dog to do stuff in a normal voice and use rewards the dog likes. Then you don't have to squeak like an idiot. I, I look forward to our future oh. iWolf episode, Squeakiness in Training. Um, <laughs> pros and cons. I think say about that affect yeah, yeah affect. So i think there's a lot we could talk about but not for today so the next item on the list is the water bowl and i'm not sure if this was intentional but you suggested i buy an enormous water bowl is that oh no that stable? was absolutely not right okay. no <laughs> this is a, no i did not mean this is a 96 ouncer it feels like it could be a bad it's gonna be a swimming pool it's gonna be a yeah. swimming pool for a puppy um but, but I actually, it's very stable you know, like it's not I know. One over. good thing about it, Jamie, is they can't tip it over. It's a little. Yeah, well, that's, yeah that's the that's the style. They come in all sorts of sizes. I have yeah. a really tiny one of the same style somewhere with a rubber bottom, and then that and that style. It's anti-tip, and um, and they don't they can't pick it up very easily. So those two things are great. But it just you may have to go back and get a tiny one. Save that for I don't know. Just save it for the other house. Right we we have a downright tiny one that's like this big was that the kind you'd want or do you want kind of like medium no because no, they don't I, need a lot of water right diameter. Pocket. yeah i would say a six inch diameter then it will last the dog's life if it's made out of stainless steel like that with a non-slip bottom you certainly don't want a water bowl the dog can tip over because a lot of dogs find this a lot of fun all right okay yeah funny when you see the dog do it and you laugh now they're going to do it forever and it will eventually really annoy you that you're skidding on the kitchen floor yeah and to be clear water bowl not a food bowl right this is a water bowl. Of jamie's head bathtub yeah bathtub not a food bowl okay so now of course another essential item i thought i had in here but i guess i didn't was um puppy food some puppy food uh, you suggested one. What do you look for in general? Uh, I do. I suggested one specifically for that client and puppy or oh. whatever you want to call it. I don't, we don't recommend food. Okay. Sounds I actually good. Like, we like pets and breeders do that. There's a kibble or a raw diet that is best for you. Research for yourself. I think that's a whole can of worms that we're not 
Yeah, especially not today when we've only got a few minutes left. And the thing is, the mm-hmm. whole dog food industry has absolutely changed in the last 20 years that there are now a lot of kibbles available, which are extremely high quality and, and healthy foods. They used to be really bad kibble and then what they call premium kibble. But now the choice is enormous, and it's it's why if you go to a good pet store, uh, they should know a little nutrition to talk to you. And, and you're looking for balance, and of course that's what a commercial food gives you. If you're feeding a raw diet, you've got to make sure you get the balance right. Um, and otherwise, especially with puppies, you, you know, you, you, it has to be balanced in terms of minerals and protein versus carbohydrate and so on. But there's a huge selection there. The one thing I say about food is I strongly recommend kibble to start with. Why? Because it's so useful, so convenient when training your dog training your dog with kibble. You don't need all of these commercial treats and what have you if you've got a really good kibble. And if you hand feed it, that kibble becomes a treat. Uh-huh. So the main thing is, you know, the size and shape of it and that it is kibbleized. And then, you know, when the pup is older, then you can go to other ways of feeding if you like. Nice. On the topic of treats we right we don't recommend commercial treats generally speaking one of the things dad has talked about for a long time is taking a little freeze-dried liver this is just little tiny freeze-dried liver cubes and sprinkling where it did you get those cubes i believe amazon uh, grumps naturals oh okay they i are, haven't uh, find that my, size that's well, my well, product jamie there's a side call them mi- mini oh. trainers mini <laughs> trainers yeah Crumbs, crumbs, because um, liver is great, but it can be rich, obviously, and it's hard to break up on the fly. So I like brands that pre-chop it like that, um, right, because are- you do want to be able to, as much as you'll train with kibble, you do want to have high value rewards for challenging scenarios or for extra special performances or for conditioning for certain, um, you know, uh, items or places, you know, if they don't, if they, you know, to make a happy, positive emotional response with a big impact. But um, I've, you know, so it's not, I mean, it's not that we're anti-treat, but you don't need treats to train most things that you do. I give treats for treats and for special right. performances. Well, the, the other yeah, thing we sometimes can, recommend as a sort of treat is, this is a kibble made by Zee Peak, but it's a very tasty kibble. And so, you know, like dogs are more into it, right? So it's a free, it's a air dried jerky like product, which is a nice thing to use. And it is a considered you know, uh, higher value, maybe more expensive, fancy um, diet, like you know, things that are a whole diet that you maybe aren't going to feed for financial reasons or for whatever reasons, do make a nice um, training treat or training reward or snack without being um, outside of the realm of you know, what is nutritionally good for your dog. So that's why yeah, it's good to use it. Back like to that. the liver. I would never use that as a training treat, Jamie. I used to way back when, when choices were limited. That's much too much fat. To give a I dog. thought you'd sprinkle it on kibble. The, the bag you've got, yes, for making enhanced kibble. Right. Um, but I wouldn't sprinkle it on because that these are that's cubes. I like to get the flat, like the Parmesan shaved, you know, 
but the point is you only need a four ounce bag. I would never have that in the house in case the dog found it and ate the whole lot. I mean, you'd have diarrhea all over the place, apart from the fact it being an extreme challenge for the poor dog's liver. So that is to make enhanced kibble where you put kibble in a container and you put just four of those cubes in the container and the smell of the liver permeates all the kibble. So it's healthy kibble, but it smells like liver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if right. that's too complicated, then I would just go the Zwee Peat route, which is, um, it, without a doubt, I'd just say this categorically, it is the best dog food on the market on many levels. When you look at dog food surveys, it always comes out top with full points based on human standards of food. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason I love it for dog training is the shape of the air-dried product, it's flat. So you can take one piece and break it with your fingers into eight. And, and this is really important, you know, the, the convenience of having food rewards, because especially when it comes to classical conditioning, you know, if yeah. say your dog freaks out at children, well, I'm gonna use 100 or 120 food rewards in one session. Right. Well, you can't do that with commercial treats because the salt load, the fat load, the preservative load. Okay, I do want to keep us. I do want to keep us moving, but you're right. The ZWP. Which is why I would say use high value food for yeah training. So you the remaining can... things on the list, I think we had a a leash and a collar, and we didn't have any big recommendations there except cheap. So your puppy's probably going to grow out of it. The leash, not a flexi leash, which kind of trains your dog, your puppy to. To pull on leash and then the big one i think that we we haven't talked about yet is the doggy indoor doggy toilet if you're going to use one of those well uh, let's, let's you're going too fast jamie we have to tell them why a cheap collar because you're going to be buying about four or five of them and then when your dog's old by all means get a fancy flat leather collar so you know don't waste your money on your puppy collar but we want a flat buckle collar so that it doesn't slip off over your puppy's head and then he's for free. So, and the leash six foot is just a great length, definitely not a uh, one of those extender leashes. They're, they're just, they're really dangerous and they train dogs to pull. That's what they're really good at if you've got a sled dog and he won't pull. You put him on one of those and you've now, he can run the Iditarod in one session apart from the pack that they hogtie people on sidewalks. So I think we, we must say why we're recommending certain stuff, the reason, otherwise people say, oh, that was a silly thing. What do you mean, not gonna use some kind of extending leash? No, they're really dangerous yeah, I mean, they teach dogs bad habits. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they have very, they have some uses that are very limited, but I would absolutely not recommend them for 90% of the, things you're gonna do with your dog. Absolutely, can be very dangerous. Now onto the toilet, Jamie. But have fun. Choose colors that you like, choose whatever you like, but you know, flat buckle collar, easy short leash. Yeah, so Kelly, what do you recommend for a uh, puppy's indoor indoor toilet? I am, in, unless you have, live in a high rise apartment and or have a very small dog with, you know, and maybe some special circumstances in your own home where you're going to be having a dog that is toileting inside for life. Uh, this should be a very short term situation, having a toilet in their pen and only used for dogs, puppies, babies, little ones that have tiny bladders 
that can't hold it for you know more than an hour or two if you need to go away for more than an hour that or two um i don't love having toilets in their pens um, and in unless again as he said we need to know why we do it we do it when you need to leave for longer than your puppy will be able to hold it in their crate or longer than would be appropriately kind and not cruel um, to a puppy. Um, but it is something that you want to eliminate from their, their pen, in my opinion, as quickly as you can as they develop physi physiologically. Um, on that note, what kind do I like? There are several kinds. It depends on the final substrate that you want your puppies to eliminate on. Some people do need their puppies to eliminate on concrete patios. Others need it to be in their little garden bed, which is mulch. Most people want some grass um, involved. Wait there, girl. And, um, you know, so, to, and I personally like to teach puppies that are in my care to eliminate on multiple types of surfaces, um, but then, you know, prefer perhaps one type so that they can be um, adaptive when, adaptable, adaptable when necessary, if you're on a road trip or visiting somebody else. But, uh, think about what your garden looks like. And uh, I'm going to walk away for just a second. And on that note, it seems like some of your has to go potty. I'm going to be right back. But yeah. I think I gave you some appropriate. Not me, not me. <laughs> dog out. I'm going to let a dog outside who's giving me the signal. Sounds good. What are your thoughts on the, the doggy toilet indoors? Usually that? for indoor toilets, I, I, the only time I would recommend it is in the dog's long-term confinement area in its X-Pen. And the reason for the dog is in there and in the first week is you have to leave it for longer than its bladder capacity. Um, and, and this is very important during the first week. Now, within a week, you should get this puppy house trained. So now it doesn't need a toilet in the X-Pen unless you're leaving it there for more than an hour, hour and a half. And it it sounds like you and Kelly are both saying you can actually, if you're going to be around while your puppy is there for that first week, you can get by without an indoor toilet. That if you're there. But right. If, if you, you can take there, your puppy to the bathroom yeah. once an hour. There must be an indoor toilet in the X-Pen during that first week. Once you've got the puppy um, house trained, and so now if he's in- Sorry, you just said there must be an indoor toilet in the X-Pen, but that's only if you're gonna be gone for more than an hour. If you're going to be gone for more yeah. than an hour, especially during the first week. But that puppy should be well on to getting house trained and getting the routine within three, four or five days. I recommend people depending on their lifestyle and do they have an outdoor yard or not. They have an outdoor yard, I say as much as possible, take the puppy to the yard and using its eventual toilet right from the outset. And so if you're crate training, um, and, and that's why during the first week, I, I would pretty much have the puppy in the crate the whole time because I want to be able to predict when it pees. So I can say, do you want to go outside, put on the leash, run outside, say to your toilets and he goes to the toilet area, which is a good thing to fence, just two square yards. So you can let the puppy off leash in it, shut the gate and then you say, go pee, go pee, it goes pee. And you give it like five or six food rewards in a row. And so he's going from crate to outdoor toilet. So the only time, you know, I really recommend an indoor toilet is 
if your pup is going to be in the X-Pen because you're going to be gone for more than an hour, maybe hour and a half as the pup is getting older. But, um, and then we can increase the time, as Kelly said, now where he's not in his crate all day long because he can have his chew toy in the X-Pen and, uh, you know, he can explore and, 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 and play. So the, the important thing about the crate is this is your house training tool to predict when it will go. That makes house training easy. And you've got to get, especially with little dogs. Oh boy. Um, I would make sure probably with them, they're in the crate for two weeks when I'm at home. I want to make sure they're absolutely thoroughly trained to hold it and then to go on cue when you get them to hopefully their eventual toilet whether it's on your balcony and it's why then you go straight to the intended substrate. If not, then the practice toilet, you know, is a little concrete slab, a little bit of turf, a little bit of dirt, all of it together. So the dog knows the difference between outside substrate and inside sub substrate. All right. Well, unless anyone has any other items they think uh, a new puppy owner really needs that first week. I think we're ready to sign off. I do. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would say um, we need a schedule. Uh, okay. Well, that's not really a shopping list item, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah. I think and there's a whole other episode on the first week with the new puppy. Yeah. 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 The everything? training stuff we're going to talk much more about. So we're talking about products that you need to buy, right? Yeah. So that, you know, I guess on that note, Dad, you're probably going to say a puppy training book or a puppy training um, course or subscription or something like that. Who, who buys uh, books these days? No, we just go online and download the ebook from, you know, all of our many sites. Yeah. yeah, because you want to have nitty gritty information rather than saying, oh, we're going to Google this online. You get some advice from someone. No, I mean, ours is kind of tested, tried and true on about what is it now? 120,000 puppies. You know, this works. It's the quickest and easiest way. So it's all in two little books. So download them. But most important is uh, back to the schedule, your time. You know, you, you've got to be training this puppy every hour on the hour to go pee on cue and then some play training inside with all the toys you've got, waggling the Kongs, you know, so he's playing with them, playing with your tug toys and, and, and such. And the sooner you get your puppy on an hourly schedule, the sooner you can stretch it to an hour and a half or two hours. And eventually you'll on the, have the puppy on like a four hour schedule and um, right. but again we're going to be talking all about all of this in a, in a near okay. episode yes. so any any other products any other products to buy that you can tangibly hold physical items nope i mean there's a lot of fun things but i think that's your basic list so there's tons of cute toys and stuff and there are pros and cons to lots of them so hopefully we'll do an episode on that but um you know i think that essential list will get you through your first few weeks Without I, any, without there is one. I would probably get some dog tags up front. So with your phone number on and your email address, just in case one of your children leaves the front door open and your puppy's gone. Um, mm -hmm. so do make sure that he does have his buckle collar and some tags hanging from it. Even All right. though you don't intend to take him out yet. It happens occasionally. 
Yes. I think that's a great one to end on. All right. Safe. We'll say goodbye then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Enjoy your puppies. Yeah, and thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Season 7, Episode 6 of iWolfs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening.